As I continue my inquiry into what's happening with my counterparts and former co-workers, I decided to check in with an old friend. Chris Skura is an artist with a BFA in painting and a professional certificate in sculpture from the Ringling College of Art and Design. He also has an associate's degree in liberal arts from NYU. Though currently on pause from his duties as paper conservator, right now he and his wife Julie are in their upstate live-in studio making art until this whole thing blows over. I met Chris in art school. He was a positive influence artistically, and he also helped me get my first museum job. We had a lot to talk about. Listen up. Hello. Hello. Chris, Larry how are you? How's it going? Good. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there? Um, <laughs> what happened uh, yesterday? Well, it was interesting. We went into the city, uh-huh. and it was our first time um, in New York, back in New York, in a month. So it was, it was pretty strange. The city was uh, very quiet, except for a lot of construction going on. Which, is, isn't that not supposed to be happening? I, I would have imagined that it would, you know, not supposed to be happening, but mm. it, it was going on like gangbusters. Jeez. Yeah, I guess if I was a builder and I thought I could get away with it, everything's fast. Well, traffic is and easier. I, I, I think, too, it's probably less people to stop you if you're, vi- if you're you know, violating the if you're, <laughs> if you're breaking the law, <laughs> violating the code. Yeah, I mean, there's less people to enforce the code. Mm-hmm. So are you back in the, back in the studio? We are. We're, we're back in the country again, back at Jackpot, uh-huh. and, um, ready to work. We're, we're here for another, another month. Beautiful. Beautiful. Was this a, something for uh, Julie's secret artist? <laughs> uh, well, we had to get the mail and pick up a few uh, ah, checks. Okay. Um, um, and also food. We had a lot of food at the apartment that we ah. went back, uh, as well as books, uh, books that I wanted to get. Right. Uh, art, right. art supplies. We kind mm. of loaded the bar up. And, I see. Because we sort of left hastily a month ago. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now you're buckling down for the long haul. <laughs> uh, at least another month, and then yeah. we're, we're thinking we'll reassess, you know, okay. at the end of the month. So how are you doing? Pretty good, hanging in there. And these podcasts are going good. Uh, Riches will come out um, <clears throat> Friday. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh, so you know we're recording Okay, very, uh, good. very good. So I wanted to ask you about your, you know, your life as an artist and ultimately working in, in the museum world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, because we touched a little bit on how you're dealing with quarantine. I'll let you start, but it, what, tell me about your, you know, your introduction to the art world and when you decided you wanted to. And... Well, I mean, I started making art when I was... I mean, I guess I realized when I was about 10 or 12, 12 mm-hmm. years old, yeah. I remember school, people in school would always volunteer me to, to make posters and to make these sort of graphic things that were for the class, uh-huh. like, you know. And at first I was like, why am I always getting that? Why, ah. why am I always getting you know, volunteered for this? Because <laughs> they and already recognized realized, you as the one. Yeah, I had some... I had some uh, knack for lettering and sign making and making cartoons and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's when I first realized, well, okay, well, this is a thing, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In demand. Well, I felt like I was reaching people 
in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you are. They they think it's uh, kind of like magic or something. It's mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. <laughs> like some others, you got some art classes early on. Yeah, we had, we had this school in in Clearwater. Uh-huh. Uh It was called the Gulf Coast Art Center. Uh-huh. It was this terrific old art school um, that uh, in the summertime they would award scholarships to, you know, like merit scholarships to students. Mm-hmm. And when I was in like the fifth grade, um, that's when I, I first went there Beautiful. to study painting. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pr- wait, printmaking? Uh, painting. Painting, okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you had given me s- some stories before about uh, the guy that was teaching you examples from from art history. I can't remember them, though. I, yeah, yeah, but, he. I remember him turning me on to like German expressionism. Yeah, because, which I thought was wild to yeah. be uh, throwing at like little kids. Yeah, well, he he saw that I was trying to sort of um, do my own thing, so I think he was trying to help you know help me along. Uh, I see. He felt like it fit with what where you were. Yes, you were. exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Smart. <laughs> and yeah. he he just passed away. By the way, he just passed away about two years ago. Oh wow. <laughs> His was name his? was yeah, go ahead. Frank Frank Federico. Frank Federico. Yeah, and he was a well-known uh, watercolor painter that taught okay. you know all over the the country. Cool, I like that. Hey, wait, hey, what, uh, what was it like, real quick, growing up in Clearwater, Florida? Well, it was it was pretty great. You know, it was um, we were outside all the time, and um, a lot of uh, fishing and surfing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I pretty much grew up on the beach, you know, so it was uh, it was very outdoorsy, you know. <laughs> oh man! You know, Florida is uh, Florida is a great place to grow up. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, so you like around senior in high school, you showed at the at the at the Dolly in the in the lobby that, of the Dolly it, Museum. Yeah, that's true. That's the first time that uh, that I ever showed my work outside of school. Uh-huh. Was, uh huh. Was when the Dolly Museum opened in 1982. And they they had a competition for all the high school students Uh in the area Uh to make realistic paintings. Uh And it was pretty cool because they supplied all all of the materials, the canvas and the paint. And these were big pictures. They were like four by four feet. Wow. Did they um, um, just give you this material to take home and work on it, or do they have people come... Um, well, they gave us the materials to work on them in, in our schools, uh-huh. you know, in, uh, in okay. high school. Okay. So, and then they and then they picked the, they they picked like a half dozen of these paintings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from all around the county to 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 show mm-hmm. uh, in the lobby when the museum opened. Uh-huh. So it was pretty exciting. That you know? is beautiful. Yeah, it's a great way for a museum to engage the community too. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> And tell me about your introduction to the Ringling School of Art. It was interesting. You know, my family, um, on my father's side of the family, we had a lot of people in the circus, the Ringling Brothers Circus. Yes. So I had relatives that lived in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. um, And I remember in the 70s going down to visit them. And that's how I became familiar with Sarasota and with the Ringling Museum, by the Mm -hmm. way, the first time I went probably in the mid-70s. Okay. okay. And, um, and so that's sort of how I became with, familiar with Sarasota 
and the art school and the museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when it was sort of first on my radar, like in the mid to late seventies. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. I'm a little bit jealous. A little bit jealous <laughs> of <you> there. <laughs> so, um, so that's where we met. Is that Zad Art School? And yeah, uh, and then hanging out after and uh, right. And, and seems like yeah. Go ahead. Seems like a long time ago. Well, it does. Yeah, it does. It goes back and forth to me. Like it's sometimes I think of it as uh, uh, just yesterday, and other right. times I think of it like distant uh, history. You know, it's like I remember being uh, really. Oh, I skipped ahead. I remember being really eager to leave town once. Once I was, you know, but I already had that. Yeah, I had that great job. I really appreciate that museum now more than I did yeah. at the time when I was aching to get out of town. We, we both kind of lucked out with, mm-hmm. uh, with the Ringling Museum, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was the start of um, a lot of things for both of us. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Thank you. Uh, you uh, gave me my introduction there, which I appreciate. Well, I remember a, a position had come open, mm-hmm. and my boss, who, uh, who ran the crew, Pete Chalmers. Pete, Pete Chalmers, he, yeah. He, he, he asked me, he said, you know, do you know anyone that would be good for this role? You know, we need mm-hmm. someone who does carpentry, that can help us with the artwork and mm-hmm. build everything. Uh-huh. And you were the first person that uh, came to mind. Oh, well, thank you for thinking of me. I think <laughs> <laughs> I learned, I think I learned some of my carpentry skills in that, you know, watching others work. Sure, sure, place, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, I, I, mean I, I learned a lot that was mm-hmm. those first couple of years there, yeah. um, just about crate building and building frames and cabinets and cases and risers. I mean, um, we, it was a pretty good little shop there. We, mm-hmm. we sort of built everything. Yeah, it really was a tight little thing that had, like, everybody. What, what is uh, uh, Pete? doing these days do you keep up with him i tried to look him up and he's just disappeared ah he's not he's, he's vanished I, I don't know where he is not doing the social media thing probably <laughs> not at all no he's one of the only people really from ringling that mm-hmm. that i haven't been able to track down well he's a good guy yeah yeah i benefited i appreciate uh working under under pete's uh upbeat Happy, upbeat uh, style, you know. Well, he he was very tolerant of us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I realize now. It, I was a, you know, I didn't realize what a bastard I was until I think back. I mean, I wasn't too bad, you know. I had my good qualities, but I was young. Yeah, we we did a lot of terrific shows there. Yeah, no, I'm so happy to be have been part of some of those. John, I Ch- mean, I, I go ahead. I was thinking the other day about all the artists that. Um, that we got to meet and work with that mm-hmm. came through during their exhibits. You yeah, know, yeah. Judy Fast and Bill Wegman, and <sighs> I just remember it was really uh, a great experience, especially after art school, yeah. to actually meet and work with a lot of the artists that we had studied. Yeah, that is cool. But you, you, um, I guess I met McCullum, McCullough, who did the vessels. Alan McCullum, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you were there for more, way more years than me, so you met more more people like you met the Starn twins and yeah that was that was really uh, exciting oh. because I remember I think that was their first uh, museum solo show hey and um, Joe Jacobs put that together mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. when they came in they you know they came in for like four or five days so they were there 
like a full work week. Mm -hmm. So we really got to hang out with them and put the work together right there on the floor Mm -hmm. uh, with the scotch tape. And I I remember they just pulled out boxes of photographs Uh and rolls of scotch tape, and we we put together the stretched Christ and all of those pieces and put them right up on the wall. Wow. And that was pretty exciting. And I I just remember their work influenced my work Uh uh, after. Show. Oh I yeah, I guess I could see that. Know, yeah, their, yeah. Their work sort of crept into what I was doing at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I remember meeting uh, Robert Rauschenberg once at the Ringling. Oh, I don't think I officially met him. I remember. I, I remember. Really, him, go, go ahead. I remember him coming in in a pink leisure suit. <laughs> really. Like a, a Bill Blast <laughs> pink leisure suit. Oh my God. Well, I would, yeah, I would appreciate that today. Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> yeah, he was a great. He was a great artist. We did. We. Uh, yeah. I remember I grew my appreciation for his work starting at Ringling, you know, and then later on we did a show. I don't know if you were at the Guggenheim yet, but we put up a Rauschenberg show at the Guggenheim that I got to be part of. I think um, the last thing I worked on for the Guggenheim mm-hmm. was the Rauschenberg show, and I was downtown already in ah. Soho. Oh. And the last piece I remember working on, just sort of loosely, mm-hmm. was the, the mud room. Remember the large room that had uh, all the mud bubbling in it? No, that, I don't think I was Soho. there for that. I might not have... It was, like, uh, it was in 97, mm-hmm. and um, I forget what the piece was called, but it's like an entire room full of mud. <laughs> that, uh, and I remember we drilled holes in the floor, mm-hmm and compressed air was shot up through the floor so it would bubble through the mud. Keep it bubbling. (laughs) Yeah. No, I did not get to do, I did not get to be part of that. So, sorry. And that was just, I was on my way out Mm -hmm. uh, from the Guggenheim. That was like 97, I think. Yeah, because you were on your way to uh, the Gray Gallery, ultimately. Gray Art Gallery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but first I want to go back um, Mm -hmm. because, so I got to have some hands-on with, with John Chamberlain at the Ringling Museum, but I know you and you and Steve Williams and some others actually worked Keith with John. Losh. Keith yeah. Losh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, like, yeah. my role there was um, pretty minimal compared mm-hmm. to, like, Keith was, a, Keith was a, a full-time staff member, I remember. Oh. And he was going away for the summer. I think he was going on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I remember studio called the Ringling Museum and just said, you know, we need somebody extra pair of hands to help mm-hmm, out for mm-hmm. the summer. This was like 1987, probably. Uh-huh. And they were just looking for someone to help out that was familiar, you know, working around art. Yeah, yeah. So I jumped at the chance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ended up there through, the, through the summer of... Uh, so it's like a summer job, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember our hours were... Like, he had a regular day crew mm-hmm. that would work, and then sometimes we would come in after they left, and we would build the crates, uh, uh-huh. crate up some of the big pieces. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, re- I remember coming in during the day and just spraying metal all day long with spray cans. What, just putting colors that he wanted? or Yeah, well, he, on... it's a funny story because he, uh, the, the first day I was there when, when he was there working, mm-hmm. he seemed completely indifferent, you know, to have, like, there was a new person in the shop. He didn't really care too much. He right. was just sort of preoccupied. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and he said to me, uh, just put color on these pieces of bumper, on the mm-hmm. inside of the bumper. Okay. So, and, he, and he said, you know, paint the outside, put, put these, here's the paint, here are the parts, and he walks off. Uh-huh. But there was really no instruction, right? Right, right. Um, so I remember looking around the shop mm-hmm. and seeing uh, some pieces that had stripes or polka dots. Or, uh-huh. And I was like, well, I can do that, you know? Right, right. So I, I, I was replicating what I was seeing around mm-hmm. the shop. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two hours later, he walked by, and he, he stopped and he looked at what I was doing, and, and he said, uh, I've already got some of those. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he was hoping you would come up with something else. Exactly. Hilarious. So he gave me no instruction, mm-hmm. but then I realized he wanted me to just do whatever I wanted. Right, right. Yeah, and, yeah, but and, you were being, like, and, wise to, like, I don't know, give well, me instruction, was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I got it. Mm-hmm. He, was, he wanted me to do whatever. Like, he wanted me to do something new, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he would either accept it or reject it. Right, I see. I mean, yeah. I was just making parts, mm-hmm. not art. Yeah. It was just parts. And he would take he it. And, either, yeah. yeah, he could either accept it or reject it. Right, so right, right. So just prepping raw material. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So after I got it, then I sort of, you know, went a little crazy. Okay. So did he, <laughs> did he have any other uh, uh, notes for you after you started doing it, doing your own? Well, I remember some of the conversations that I had with him were more, I remember one conversation about uh, food. Mm-hmm. One night I was finishing up and everyone had left and he was in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and he 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 asked me. He said, "Do you know how to make salad?" And I go, "Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can make salad." So I made a I made a spinach salad, uh-huh. and he was like doing something, and I was like chopping. You know, I like made a salad for mm-hmm. him. <laughs> it was kind of weird, you know. But I remember him asking me about. Um, he saw the Ringling sticker on my car. Right, the Ringling School of Art sticker, or the Ringling. Yeah, the yeah. Ringling School of Art. Uh-huh. He wanted to know what I was about and mm-hmm. what I did and all that stuff. And I, that was kind of a cool conversation. Yeah. It was nice of him to ask. So what, what do you, I mean, what, do you remember uh, any uh, key points or from I mean, so It was so long ago, but I just remember yeah. he, he was, you know, making an effort to, you know, after everyone had left, he was making an effort to like, sort of, you know, who is yeah. this person? Take and, an, you know? Yeah, that's, take an interest of it in a young Yeah. Person. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you you made the salads. The least he could do. <laughs> well, I you know I have to say too that you know being in that shop and I I got to actually watch him work. Uh huh. And that was the first time you know I'd ever seen an artist of that caliber right actually work actually making work. That really got into me, mm-hmm. and I think you know that's really influenced me a lot. Yeah, I like that. You see some somebody that's already. Uh, a success. He's given an example by his attitude towards his work. I think I had it like either a either a light bulb went off or uh, a crisis when I realized, oh, it, like I think I had a, I questioned whether art was valid at some point. Right. Like early on, I I think I didn't question it. I just took things for granted. Then at some then at some point, I felt like I had to remind myself that wait. It's it's valid because they're you know art and artists exist. People have been doing it for years. You don't you know 
you don't have to explain it or justify it. it it's art, you know. So exactly. I, I had to sort of remind myself what what I am and why, you know, and just carry on. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I, I think the one thing that I picked up from him that mm-hmm. I that I really, um, you know, because I was right out of school, mm-hmm. like a year out of school. I just I realized that you know art doesn't come out of school; it comes out of life. Which what you do after school, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's about your life. It's yeah. not about school, mm-hmm. um, and it's not really about having to justify or explain things. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about doing and living your life, and your right. art is part of that. Mm-hmm. And and I just saw the way he approached the materials. He didn't, you know, it was very improvisational and intuitive and there was really no need to sort of justify it or explain it yeah yeah see that's the he's already like Artie was the zen master <laughs> right hey so uh talk a little bit about um uh back at uh, ringling museum um installing the um some of these very ornate baroque frames and paintings you know Maybe the the reinstall yeah. of the Rubens room, right? That was that was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. That whole process was, uh, and I forget what year that was, but I remember that um, George Sexton, uh, an associate, yeah. came mm-hmm. came down from Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, at the time George's claim to fame was the King Tut exhibit. You know, I think that's kind of what made him. Oh, famous. he had done that. Okay. Yeah, a couple of years before, and okay. he was very well known in, in that field. And that was fun working with those guys. And mm-hmm. I, I remember the Rubens room was completely redone then at that at that point. That I was, yeah, but, it was my like probably last year there. It, it was like an old. It had a drop ceiling and curtains. Yeah, and then it became, yeah, it was very sort of seventies looking inside yeah. <laughs> for him. And um, and I remember they brought in um, a faux painter. Yes, uh, of Dieter Plunky. Okay, and he did all the those faux finishes. Yeah, uh, and did an amazing job. It was, I remember it was really exciting watching him work. It was. It was very impressive the results they got, and they did all up in the up in the the uh, the ceiling that I did not know was there with the skylights and the. Well, a lot of that had been damaged. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, in the 60s and 70s, the solution for a, a lot of buildings was they would just put a drop ceiling yeah. in and rather fix all that plaster work. You know? Right, right. Am I wrong? Were there skylights or was it just super elaborate up there? No, there, there are skylights um, okay. in, in that room. And I think the one, I think the, the room on the other side, too. Okay. Yeah, amazing stuff up there. So what, when did you uh, uh, decide to bust out of there? And, and and head up to New York, and you and Julie came Well, I, it's interesting that, um, I guess you were already there, right? What, what year did you yeah, go to Yeah, I New took, York? I was there, and I definitely was there by, like, the end of 89, or I remember, you know, 89, 90, and uh, my first job was in 90 at Mode Works. Oh, yeah, and, I remember Mode Works. I remember Mode Works. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Fran from, uh, Fran, uh, Fran, from our school work there. I think she, she got I remember, yeah. I really benefited from all the, I didn't know how much uh, sick pay or whatever I was collecting from, from uh, the Ringley Museum for just those two years. Uh-huh. I, what, I just kept, I got these checks. 
<laughs> and so I was like, this is great. And I had saved money because I didn't drive a car or do anything, you know, also. So I was able to hang out there uh, for quite a while without worrying about getting a job. So I, I looked out. Uh, fortunately, I got this. Oh, that was, 80, that was 89. Out. Huh? 89, you said. Yeah, around 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I remember when I left the, the Ringling, mm-hmm. I worked for a year um, learning how to restore period picture frames. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. I want to ask about so that. I learned, I learned gilding and period picture frame restoration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a year, for a year after I left, uh, you know, before I came to New York. Okay. So, yeah. So you... Did you, was that like a, was he, was it an apprenticeship or was it a, uh, well, I went to work for someone who was, um, who was like a master frame conservator mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and worked with him for a year. Okay. Um, and then decided to get out of town. You know, I felt yeah. like I had done everything I could do in Sarasota. Yeah. Yeah. I really had, I had had a lot of exhibits and yeah. I felt like after the ringling, i had the best job in town mm-hmm. after that just uh you could only go down from there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah yeah you were right about that i think <laughs> no. so that's when when julie and i decided you know to uh oh what, one thing I, I wanted to back up to mm-hmm. i don't know if you wanted to talk about the jew branch uh-huh. at all yeah i can talk about it i realized when i was talking to julie I, I was also paranoid that i might be you know coming down with something i had something in my throat but then i forgot uh-huh. i forgot um that that i that's part of my history too, and I got all shy about talking about the dude ranch. So I, I feel like I sort of cheated Julie out of conversation. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yes, I that was those were some fine times, you know, uh, 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 showing our own work and and making a, you know, making noise and drawing attention to ourselves and playing music. Well, I, think, I think what I what I liked about it the most was. You know, we really, there weren't many opportunities for artists in Sarasota. Um, People that weren't, you know, making things for the decorators in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I felt like our whole sort of, our space popped up out of just necessity. Mm -hmm. You know, there there wasn't a place for us, so we just Mm -hmm. made a place. We made our own place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm appreciative of all that we actually got some attention, a little bit of recognition, you know, and at least, and, you know, and some really fun parties that were, people came to. (laughs) Well, the first time I, the first time I realized that, that we had reached some people with that whole project, Mm -hmm. was, um, I was invited to be interviewed on a radio program at WMNF in Tampa. Okay. And it was a show called Art in Your Ear. Uh Uh-huh. I remember. Kind of with Ken Hendricks. I don't know if you remember Ken Hendricks. He was a really cool uh, guy at WMNF. And I remember going over there, mm-hmm. and I thought I would have to explain everything to him right, about right. Who, who we were and what kind of shows we were putting together. Yeah. And he knew about all of it. He knew the whole history. Wow. So I was, you know, I was, I was, in, I was impressed. I was like, wow, okay. How did he already know all that? <laughs> <laughs> all the way over in Tampa. <clears throat> Yeah, that um, yeah, that was a that was that was uh, we could do a whole podcast on on, on Dude Ranch stories, that, but uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe we should. Well, get everyone on a on a party line. <laughs> do we do we want to talk about your rock band? 
Oh, well, we could talk a little. It was our rock band. And as a matter of fact, I am speaking into the microphone that I sang into when we yeah, played after. with Stripper for, Stripper for Cash. Yeah, it's been in a, it's been in a drawer for years. And uh, it, it works. It suits the purpose, you know. And that's, that's what I'm excellent. talking to right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I wish... Uh, I wish um, I could do another stripping for cash. You know, that's that was a that was the time that I was I felt confident, regardless of quality. You know, it's like I feel like we made it happen well, I, based I on think... sheer will and and just confidence and vibrato. You know, it just made it happen because there was no wasn't afraid of anything really. Well, I think what was great about that too is that you know all of us playing. Mm-hmm. In that band, we we were a vehicle for your songs. Yes, you know, like, I appreciate yes, that. So yeah. it, it wasn't there was no mm-hmm. like like I don't remember any of us trying to. I felt like we were just trying to realize your songs. Thank, yes, that I and, and that's what mm-hmm. made it so great. Thank you. I super appreciate that. Now, is there was no, uh, uh, and I hope I appreciated it at the time because there there wasn't any uh, creative uh, uh, conflict really. You know, it was. It got to be. It got yeah. to be all about me. <laughs> well, for you know, as the as the drummer, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't feel like um, you know I would just listen to it and mm-hmm. then just react to it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't any sort of like trying to shape it on my part or something. No. You know, but you you made it. Yeah, just like 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 it was a power trio. It just made it happen. It didn't what didn't have to be too complicated. I think Doug was. Probably the best musician in the band. I think so. And he yeah, just, I think he had yeah. he had more experience than we did. That's for yeah. sure. He's in Hawaii now, you know. Hawaii. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know. I thought he was in the Northeast. He is um, a, an environmental activist in ah, Hawaii. Beautiful. That's perfect for Doug. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, and it's Earth Day. We're recording on Earth Day. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Doug. Uh, to your health, Doug Lachlan. <laughs> right, so, uh, oh yeah, so the, you can still listen to Stripping for Cash on Bandcamp. <laughs> oh, that's right, it's yeah. out there, right? Yeah, so it's, it's available. And, uh, you know, it is what it is, and it was, it was totally worth it, you know. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Phil and Dustin from the Fireballs, now that I'm thinking about it. The, that's right. The that was Fireballs, a- yeah. That was an early uh, influential band there. Yeah, yeah, and we and some of their songs I think carried over to. Uh, I think "Stupid" was a Atomic Fireball song. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. I think it was. I can't. I can't remember exactly, but because we didn't get, uh, we didn't record, or if we are recorded on anything, I have not seen it. So right, uh, right. But, and then there was Colossal Man, of course. Colossal Man, it, you you know you. You guys really were the influence on me because they were. That wasn't the only band. You and Steve and Leonard and uh, uh, so many people. Joe Truesdale played. You guys had a different uh, variations of bands that played up there. Yeah, we we all we all switched around for years. Yeah. Before we arrived at Colossal Land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And so you guys. Had had that that band had a life of its own too, you know. You were, and I, I just remembered that we did a lot of songs about truck driving. Yes, uh, uh, d- d- diesel, uh, 
diesel smoke or something. Yeah. And yeah, Steve, Steve Guthrie had a knack for uh, writing truck driving songs. Yes, he did. And I got his new CD, and there's a, I think there's a little reference to a truck driving sort of feeling on that. On really? Uh, Interesting. I mean, at least. The song may not be about that, but he definitely some sort of diesel something in the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and he also there was like uh, what no flies at something about um, nuclear three mile waste. island. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. There's sort of a nuclear truck driving sort of scene going on there. Yeah. See, he had the urge to uh, write songs with a a little meaning and a well, yeah, mine, mine had meaning, I guess, but a different type of kind of smart ass. Dummy meeting, I th- meaning was mine. St- yeah, Steve's songs had so- sort of a purpose, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like his new stuff, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I'm going to probably get him on here. Right now I'm focusing on um, on art installers and museum-related stuff. Sure, yeah. But I'll eventually get Steve on to talk about his music. Um, um, so you guys, you and Julie, busted out and joined us in New York City. In, yeah, in 95. 95. And, and we moved to 509 East 73rd Street and moved in with... Uh, yes, with, uh, with me. That's right. Uh, yeah, was it 509? So, yeah, East Lexington and 73rd. I was, yeah. was trying to remember what floor that is. It's um, Was it the fourth mm. or the fifth floor? I don't remember. No, I guess I don't remember either. But I remember it was 509 East 73rd. Okay. And by the way, that block has changed a lot. I was just over there. Uh-huh. Uh, I was just at Sotheby's a few months ago yeah. to look at to look at a Degas, mm-hmm. and um, that whole block has changed. I don't know if you remember, there was a a huge trash. Uh, oh, I remember the dump trucks yeah. parked there and would yeah. warm up every other yeah. morning. Like at early, they started warming up there. Diesel right. engines, yeah. They line them up down the street. Well, that's all gone. They they demolished all of that, and it's like a big open field now. A field? Yeah, it's like an open area or parking lot, and wow. looks like they're gonna probably build something there. You know? Wow. Did they t- did they take our old building down? No, no, it's still, that's still just, there. Just the dump truck, uh, yeah. parking garage or whatever it was. And then Amazing. of course, Southern is right on the. Sotheby's is right around the corner. Ah, okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's expanded. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I won't. I won't recognize uh, the city whenever I end up back there. <clears throat> yeah, oh. it's a it's a very different place now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You and Julie started started up at the Guggenheim. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the first show that she and I worked on, mm-hmm. I think it was the Baslitz show. Baslitz, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was amazing. And I think Pace did a companion show, and I might have worked over there, too. I can't remember. It's all blur to me. But, yeah, Baslitz, that's an amazing talk about German expressionism. How would you categorize his work? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, I think that's a good uh, general explanation. Mm-hmm. I just I remember him being difficult. Really? <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong in remembering that? You, when he... No, you're probably not wrong. I just, I just, um, I think my my survival skill was like not pay attention and just do whatever. I think. Yeah. I don't know. So I, it's, <clears throat> I just thought of every everybody as difficult. 
<laughs> just do do what they want. Yeah, it it um, I don't know what time. That, go ahead. And that that first show, I remember uh, the first show I came in just as a freelancer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to do that exhibit, and then I remember um, shortly after that being asked to come on as a as a staff member. Mm-hmm, yeah, and at the time. The only other work I had was um, working for the artist Hunt Flonum. Yes. Remember the Birdman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you... And I was restoring mm-hmm. uh, his picture frames for him on right. my kitchen table, basically. Right, <laughs> right. Amazing. So, yeah, so, but it, it, it wasn't, uh, it, that was good work, but it wasn't consistent. It was pretty consistent. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked okay. with him. I mean, he, when I opened, when I got my studio in Soho, Right. He, uh, okay. He basically paid the rent uh, on that. I mean, okay. he gave me so many frames. I, I mean, I worked for him for about sixteen years. Okay. So, oh, yeah, you kept that. That. Did, yeah. Had, had you so, met him in in Sarasota, or did you did you get introduced well, to him once you were up I, in New York City? Well, it was interesting. Um, I saw his work in Florida, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> he was exhibiting. With uh, I don't know. Do you remember Alan Gallup Gallery? I do, I know that name for sure. Well, he was, he was my dealer at when I left for New York. He uh-huh. was the person in Florida showing my work. Okay. And he was he was also showing Hunt Slonum. Okay. So when I came up here, uh, Alan sort of facilitated the introduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he said you should go, you should go meet Hunt um, because you know he, he may need some help. Yeah. And it was interesting because when I when I first went to his studio over on Bowery, mm-hmm. it wasn't as a frame conservator. It was more, you know, like my first month working for Hunt, I was basically just in canvases, big canvases. All right, okay. And hanging out with all his birds. He had 300 birds in the loft. Oh, excuse Everything. me. I didn't realize he had 300 birds. Oh yeah, they were all in cages in the loft. This was this was down on Bowery. Was that even allowed at the time? Well, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't know, but it it was was pretty interesting, you know. (laughs) A lot of parrots and Mm -hmm. lorries, toucans. Mm -hmm. But I remember those were the subject of his paintings, also, right? Yes. Yeah, he he had them, and he would paint them over and over. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I remember the birds were very curious about me being in the space. Ah, yeah. They want to know what you're doing. Some of the birds were in cages, but some of them flew around freely. So they would, you know, they would get into things and they wanted to be right where, they were like cats, you know, they Mm -hmm. wanted to be right where you were. (laughs) Amazing. And I remember one time, getting set up with a circular saw to build mm-hmm. some stretchers. And right before, there's a bird above me mm-hmm. on, a, on a sprinkler pipe, and it was uh, right. an, African, an African gray. Uh-huh. And he was above me on this pipe watching me, uh-huh. and right before, right before I turned the saw on, mm-hmm. he said, be careful. Oh, really? <laughs> and I freaked me out a little bit. I was like, why would, how would he know to say that? Be careful. <laughs> and then I realized that when the birds were being naughty mm-hmm. and they were tearing open his mail ah. or tearing, he would say, be careful, be careful. Ah. Ah. So it was, it was something he said to them over and over. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> so they, yeah, they knew the word. Well, it was good advice. Yeah. <clears throat> so you, um, so t- talk a little about your time at the Guggenheim because I, you know, I know from experience that is a, a high stress, uh, uh, go go, yeah, environment. You know. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was a, a good introduction to New York. Mm-hmm. You know, to have that intensity mm-hmm. right up front. Yeah. But I, I think overall, you know, I was only at the Guggenheim for probably three years, I think. Okay. So it, I don't think it was... Uh, I mean, I think the, the greatest thing about being there was the people that I met. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. stayed in touch with a lot of people that we met and worked with there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for some people, it was... Um, for a lot of people we worked with, it was their first museum job right out of school. Yep. Yeah. So it was like a very, it was special to them in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, you know, you and I had already been professionals for, you know, many years yeah. before we got to the Guggenheim. Yeah. Thanks so for including for me, me in that. Yeah. <laughs> <But> I, it's <laughs> true. And, and yeah. for me, it was just another job. It yeah. was just, um, you know, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I didn't have the same, uh, the same type golden, of stars uh, in your eyes. This sort of golden glow that I yeah. hear. Some people talk mm-hmm. about the Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just a job, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, I had, I definitely had, I was all the way through at some point when I was on the subway going, what, you know, this again, what have I gotten myself into? But really, up until, <laughs> up until that point, everything was, unless, I mean, I'm putting rose-colored glasses on now, but it's not, everything was had an element of fun and interesting to it just because I was in New York City, you know. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's some, t- yeah, the, the humdrum, humdrum can, can, can catch up to you. So you, you, um, you, you, let's see, I know a little bit of your history. You ended up managing a cruise in the downtown, the Soho Guggenheim before that closed. Yeah, I remember that, you know. That's where the mud pit was? That's where the mud pit was, yeah. yeah. And I remember, um, you know, when I was first hired on as a production manager, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember the old timers uptown, nobody really wanted to go downtown. Right. They right. saw it as sort of a, it was a demotion to be mm-hmm. sent to Soho. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, but, but I saw it as a real opportunity because right. it was like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember that we got to build that wood shop in the basement from scratch, which was pretty exciting. Oh, oh you built that from scratch. Yeah, and that was largely with the help of uh, Steve Engelman. Do you remember mm-hmm. Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And William Fares, Bill Fares. Yeah, Bill Fares, uh, Steve Engelman, yeah. And Dave Esquire. Yep, all, all I good mean, guys. Those, those yeah. two guys in particular, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we built that shop from scratch. Mm, amazing. And it's interesting now that the, the space where that wood shop used to be is now a Prada store. Aha. <laughs> so when you're in the store, and you, they've cut a hole in the floor, and you can mm. see down in the basement. Amazing. And that's where the wood shop used it, to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> is there anything recognizable? Does it does it bring a no, nostalgia? No, it's all, <laughs> no, it's all been removed. But <laughs> a few times I've glanced down in that hole. Mm-hmm. It made me think of uh, all the oh, stuff that went on down there. Amazing, yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough. And I remember, to, yeah, I okay. remember at the time that that building was owned by Peter Brandt. Right, he, right. He lived on the top floor with um, 
what was his wife's name? The Victoria's Secret model. Uh, Stephanie Seymour. Okay. Did he was he the uh, publisher of something? Uh, yes, no. publisher, movie producer. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think he was involved with Interview Magazine, wasn't he? Mm, that sounds familiar. I don't know if it, maybe it was you, but I was talking to somebody about him the other day. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he produced a lot of movies, and mm-hmm. he's also a he's also a, a big art collector. He has mm-hmm. an amazing collection of of art, especially uh, Basquiat's. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah another talent that died too young. That was I remember him being just the fact that him that he and uh, 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 oh hell the other guy I don't know just some of those '80s guys existed but gave me a lot of uh, motivation and excitement you know Keith Haring that's the name I was trying to forget right right yeah, yeah. I forgot maybe I'll come back to it. I f- had something at the tip of my tongue I was going to ask about oh I was going to say thanks uh, after I moved to Georgia I got I came back and sometimes got to work with you in the downtown. Uh, Kugenheim for some of those shows, which I appreciate. Yeah, that was we did a lot of great shows there. Yeah, and uh, I think one of my favorites uh, that we did downtown mm-hmm. was the first. I think it was the first Hugo Boss show. Ah, and um, I remember that we got to work with uh, Lori Anderson, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. We I remember we we built a special room mm-hmm. and painted the walls with chalkboard paint. And then oh, yeah. he, had, he had us write all over the walls. Oh yeah. Love that. How did you uh okay, you tell me about your transition into the gray and then, you know, conservation well, and uh, you know I I remember um getting a phone call from the Great Art Gallery. Mm-hmm. And the first call was asking me to refer someone who might be good as a full-time chief preparator there. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't being offered a job. I was being asked you know, to refer some people that mm-hmm. possibly would, would be good for that job. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. think my name was given to them by Deborah Whitney. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think I supplied them with maybe four or five names of people that, that you and I used to work with that I thought would be good for that mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know the place at all. Right, right. And, and then like a month went by and I didn't think any more of it. And I got a call and they said, would, would, would I be interested uh-huh. in coming, coming down and interviewing at the mm-hmm. Gray Gallery? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the Gray Gallery was. I'd never heard of it. Right, right. I went down there and and then a light bulb went off because you know I realized that um, there was a lot of potential there uh, mm-hmm. for for me to improve it, you know, or to bring something new to it. Right, right. Because I think what had happened is they hadn't had a preparator, a full time person, in several years. And I think the person, uh-huh. uh, the last preparator they had was Lee Borison, the, the artist Lee Borison. I don't. No, I don't know if I know who that is. He's a really great artist, um, and I think okay. he worked there for several years, mm-hmm. um, and then you know went on to pursue his career. Okay. But I think they they didn't hire someone new. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, a lot of junk had piled up, right. and it just was messy, right. and there was a lot of stuff going <laughs> around, and stuff doesn't get done. And, um, yeah. You know, I just saw a lot of potential there for yeah. 
you know, rebuilding the wood shop mm-hmm. um, and starting to produce things in house, picture mm-hmm. frames and platforms, and and yeah. plus there's a there's like a six to nine thousand piece collection. Oh, uh, there at the Gray that wow. needed some attention too. Yeah. So yeah, it was um, it was um, it was a good move for me, you know, because mm-hmm. the pay was good mm-hmm. and the benefits were. The benefits were excellent. Yeah, in my you. Or yeah. more importantly, mm-hmm. is, you know, when I left Zingling, I had not finished my degree. Yeah. So that was an opportunity for me to go back to school mm-hmm. without paying tuition. Smart, smart. So, so I yeah, so I jumped at it, and that was um, in '97. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. And oh, I just wanted to something that always uh, puzzles me is. Uh, it's a, the Gray Gallery is officially a museum, am I right? But it's called, yes. Gray, just called Gray Gallery. Well, originally it was called the Gray Gallery and Study Center. Okay. And there was a library connected to it uh-huh. that Abby, I think that Abby Weed Gray had put together, uh-huh. had, fund, had funded. Uh-huh. Um, but somewhere along the line, the Study Center closed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. So they did shit. So they kept they kept the name gallery, mm-hmm. you know. But it was really a you know it's really a small museum. Right, right. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I have to have to travel up there when it's safe and revisit all these old places. <laughs> well, they're they're still doing excellent shows there. Ah, okay, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Hey, Dave Colosi, uh, he doesn't work there anymore, does he? Uh, no, he left. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, just uh, pursuing his his artwork now. He has his own radio show. Really? Oh, I have to... uh, out at uh, out in Brooklyn. Um, I'm not sure. I forget the details, but it's something to do with the clock tower. It's a radio program that he does. Okay. Or a podcast. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I better check in with Dave and cross. I think you should. Yeah. Pollinate. Yeah. He would be a very interesting interview. I think. Yeah, I bet he would. So, listen, dude. You already became like a sort of a a uh, master. <laughs> I love I love my language. Listen, dude. You were a master gilder, but um, <laughs> but uh, you had been you've been been gilding for years. By the time you ended up working as a, am I right, a paper conservator? Or well, my my first um, when I was at the Gray, uh-huh. um, I got a call from someone, uh, a conservator, uh-huh. who was looking for um, kind of an apprentice, mm-hmm. someone to, he was planning on closing his business in three years. Okay. And he was looking for someone to come in and help him finish all of the paintings that were in his studio. Uh-huh. And, and in return, he would teach me uh, how, how to conserve paintings on canvas. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. His name is um, Dr. Charles von Nostitz. How do you pronounce so it? Von Nostitz? Von, von Nostitz. Okay, okay. And uh, he was, he's retired now, of course, mm-hmm. but he was a very well-known uh, painting conservator, um, specializing pretty much in old master pictures, but, you know, we did a lot of contemporary stuff, too. Uh-huh. And um, that was a really great experience. So I, I left the gray... Mm-hmm. To to learn conservation with smart, Charles, smart. 
And uh, so it's old master paintings and some contemporary art and the, the, the Hans Hoffman estate? Um, yeah. Um, Charles had been working with them for years, so mm-hmm. a lot of those pictures came through, the big slab paintings and a lot of uh, really incredible Hoffman pictures we, we worked on. Wow, that is cool. I as remember. well as Al Held, we did a lot of uh, things for the Al Held estate, Al Held. I remember. Mm-hmm. What type of stuff did, was in there? The well, we were, um, Al Held did a lot of paintings on paper, okay. and we were mounting them mm-hmm. to canvas and to panel, mm-hmm. so they could be presented more like an, like an oil painting instead of a work on paper. Okay, okay. Uh, so I don't know if that, I have the patience for that type of work. So, or I think so, I think the most exciting project though uh-huh. that I worked yeah while I was there is we worked on a Van Gogh. Oh, um, that sold for I think it sold for forty six million dollars. Jeez, and that you know we're talking this was quite a few years ago, mm-hmm. but it had an old wax lining on it. Mm-hmm. So we we took the wax lining off mm-hmm. and relined it with uh, with Beva film. So Beva film is a is a thermoplastic adhesive that uh-huh. comes in, in a sheet, okay. and it's used to adhere one piece of canvas to another. Okay, okay. Uh, you relined this canvas, and that's that's sort of become one of my specialties over the years is mm-hmm. uh, relining pictures. Okay, good deal. Good deal. So you got, so but then you learned uh, paper conservation from, from Dr. Charles. Well, actually, um, when Charles retired, okay, um, I that's then when I ended up uh, at at Alvarez Conservation. Okay. So, so oh, I learned different paper, different places, different different company. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, okay. So I went to work for Alvarez, mm-hmm. and that company is run by. Antonio Alvarez, he's who I learned uh, paper conservation from. Mm, mm, okay. And he's just recently retired, by the way. Ah. So but uh, he's, he's an inspirational uh, character, great painter. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was, you know, he's been doing paper conservation since the, since the early 70s. Oh, that's amazing. That's a seriously amazing career. Yeah. But he taught me a lot. Uh-huh. You know, he was... Very, um, um, not just with conservation, but just life in general. He's okay. a very interesting character and great uh, painter. Okay, beautiful. So, kind of a life, like a life mentor. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Tony has definitely been a mentor mm. uh, to me. Amazing. So he's a full-time uh, painter now in retirement, probably? That's right, yeah. He has a studio in, uh, in Pine Bush, New York. Uh-huh. And he's... Uh, Spends a lot of time out there painting them. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember some some great photos that you occasionally share on social media of some of the maps and the uh, of objects you're working on. It's it's like a quick little quick little history yeah. lesson, you know. It's pretty it's pretty exciting the <laughs> stuff that comes through the shop, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm just hoping that our shop can survive what we're. Uh, Right, because this is right exactly this is where you are now, and they're not open because of the shutdown. Right, right. So, there are there any tentative plans to reopen, or what? What do you know about it? Well, we're 
we're hoping, you know, we're, we're playing it, uh, sort of month to month here mm-hmm. and seeing how this plays out. I mean, we still have, um, you know, a lot of projects in the shop mm-hmm. that need to be finished. And, um, yeah, I'm working on a project right now for Cartier jewelry. Okay. What is that? Um, well, it's Cartier, um, they have a, a design archive mm-hmm. going back to the beginning of their company oh. and their hand-drawn, oh. you know, uh, designs for all their jewelry. Amazing. And they've been, over the last four or five years, they've been slowly, uh, you know, trying to restore these drawings and preserve them. Sure, sure. So that's been a good, you know, an ongoing project. Yeah, yeah. But yes. we do a little bit of everything at mm-hmm. Alvarez. We mm-hmm. We do, you know, historical documents and maps, letters, um, you know, and also paper objects. Um, I do a lot of paper sculpture. Oh, that must be amazing. What type of, what type of uh, repairs do the paper sculptures need? You know, sometimes cast paper sculptures or handmade paper Mm -hmm. uh, will break or fall fall apart Mm -hmm. or tear. It has to be put back together and repaired. Um, we work for a lot of the, all the major auction houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes I we see. go out on site. We go out on site just to evaluate pieces. Okay. Yeah, I worked at a, a, one of those auction houses for a couple of days as a, as a temp. I remember being kind of, it's not the same as a, as a museum world, because I remember being in their storage. Where it seemed like stuff was just disregarded or not, you know? Yeah, the, the auction houses, um, you know, it's definitely a, pro, a for-profit environment. Mm-hmm. So the turnover is fast, and mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, that's just the nature of it. Yeah, yeah, it's right. So it's just different, a different, different focus. Yeah. You guys, tell me a little bit about uh, moving out to uh, upstate and, and fixing up this building and starting your studio, you and Julie? Well, in uh, 2011, mm-hmm. we, um, we bought a, a building uh, outside of Woodstock, New York, okay. in the Capitals. Yeah. And we've been, we've turned it into our studios. Right, right. And, and we've just been working on it and spending as much time here as, uh, as we can. Mm-hmm. And especially now, during... During uh, our pandemic lockdown, we yeah. found a, a refuge here. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for that, really, because you can just... I mean, I, I, I know it's frustrating not to be able to uh, resume your lives, but it's, at least you have an awesome place to be and work. Yeah, and there's, there's just so many projects that I've got going here that it's... You know, it's hard for me to be bored here. There's right, just, there's right. Yeah, just don't don't be cleaning the gutters or, or getting on the roof or anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. You know, there's uh, there's the homeowner stuff. Home, yeah, ma- yeah, house maintenance. But yeah, I mean, I I uh, when I of course I'm referring to the story you told me yesterday. Have you have you you your your have you is your back recovered? You didn't do anything to extreme, yeah, it's, right? it's better. Yeah, I just yeah. I definitely. Uh, We've had a lot of windstorms, mm-hmm. and it actually snowed this morning. Amazing. And um, but the gutters were full, so yeah, okay. I had to get up there and clean them out. Yeah, I let Melissa come hold the ladder for me now because 
Well, when she insi- yeah. she insists on it, but I used to be kind of like, I can, I'm not going to, you know, don't, I just want to be left alone, do my job, I can do it, blah, blah, blah. But I <laughs> I literally, uh, it was several years ago, and I'm, I, I survived it, but I did, I did fall off the ladder. You know, I, yeah, I, I was like, I that could have been at, bad, you know. <laughs> at, our age, at our age, you need to be careful. Yeah, you don't want it right. Not good. You're not 23 but, anymore. But our place is cool. It's very rustic. Uh-huh. You know, the building we bought is a two-story log cabin. Okay, okay. Like maybe 1,500 square feet. Um, that's pretty so cool. We built, we built a ceramic studio mm-hmm. um, on the bottom floor, so that's where Julie works. Yeah. And we have, you know, wheel and kilns and uh, slab roller. And, and then the top floor mm-hmm. is my drawing and painting studio. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of, of both of those. It's really, yeah, that's really And awesome. it's kind of cool. We're sort of in the woods, you uh-huh. know. It's, it's very rural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's easy to, uh, to just hide out here. Mm-hmm. I love that. So how much uh, re- repair or renovation w- was required when you got the place? Well, the good thing was that the building was, it was built and wasn't, it was built, I guess, for the intention of being a house at some uh-huh. point, uh-huh. but it wasn't. It was never really finished. Okay. So it was kind of like the shell of a house, like okay. the outside. And, you know, it was a completed shell and a roof, mm-hmm. but there wasn't really anything inside. There was no running water. Uh-huh. Uh So it was. It was a nice blank slate for us to come in and. You know, there was no demo involved. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. How did you so get the just, water in? Was there, was well, there already hired, a line? Was there a line going uh, we by? Had to, we hired uh, someone to pound a well. Oh, us. okay. Well water. So we have a well, and mm-hmm. we had to build a septic system. Okay. And okay. bring all the water into the house. Ah. But the great thing was, you know, we bought the property uh, after the crash, and the property had plummeted mm-hmm. up here. People were just trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we jumped on it because mm-hmm. we knew that was our, our opportunity to yeah. own something. Right, right. So, you know, we got it at a good price, so it was it was worth putting the money into mm-hmm. for the water and stuff like that. Good deal. Good deal. So, uh, uh, so how is your uh, quote-unquote doomsday garden going? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, we're thinking for the first time that we'll plant uh, some vegetables. Mm-hmm. So I, I built some boxes uh, the other day. Smart. And smart. we're going to plant some edibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sort of have to do something. When maybe my first or second year here, we had tomatoes. But and now, but we've got blueberry bushes and, of course, blackberry because they pop up everywhere. Right. But we, we planted some blueberries, and they're actually... Doing better, and um, we've been—we haven't been protecting them from the deer and the birds, but they've survived. And this year, there's, you know, a significant, a noticeable amount of blueberries popping up. You know, so. Do you have a lot of deer there? Yes. Yeah, we—I haven't seen. It's funny since I'm here pretty much all the time now. I haven't seen them. <laughs> I guess, I guess I see them when I when I used to drive back and forth to work. I see them, but. Yeah, one one spring that mom raised three little uh, doe right in our front yard because we had grown it up. We put hedges out front, and the yard was like a little bit grassed. It was like a perfect little 
hiding nook. So they would run around in circles and play like right in our front, our little front yard patch. That's cool. Yeah. So that was really awesome. As long as they stop eating the roses and the blueberries. Well, we we get um <laughs> we get we have we get bear bears here as well. Bear, yeah, I don't I haven't seen any bears in uh, my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Is it black bears or are they? Uh... Um, I guess it's yeah, it would be black bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. And they uh, we see them in our backyard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, that's so that yeah, Julie said you guys got uh, a fence up all around to. Yeah, we've created a doomsday compound. <laughs> hopefully that is, hopefully it will turn out that that's not ultimately what it is. <laughs> Chris, so what do you, no. what, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. What, what, what I was just going to say, what, you know, what is your, what's, um, what's on your mind? What are you working on? You know? Uh, well, I mean, I've just been making uh, a lot of art. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, now that, um, I'm working with Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making more ceramics now. Yeah. And she's been a great teacher. You know, she she knows the technical side of it. So I've been making um, a lot of these, you know, when I draw and paint, I mean, I, I'm always visualizing sculpture. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's always been that way. I mean, even I, I'm always visualizing an object that could maybe possibly mm-hmm. be made. Or, uh, that makes so, sense to me, especially seeing some of your latest drawings yeah i mean i i always see them as sculpture mm-hmm. you know now i have the ability to to create these same shapes in in clay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. that's been and 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 it's sort of feeding on itself so now before i was making these drawing these fantasy basically like fantasy sculptures like mm-hmm. sculptures that i would never make but i would imagine right right and, now I make the sculpture and then sometimes set them up and draw the sculpture. Ah, okay. You know, it's feeding, okay. It's feeding back into itself again. Yeah, yeah. You've got any? Have you got any shows uh, coming up? Or are you? Are you? Um, well, uh, last year was good. I, yeah. Last year I had. I was in seven group shows. Hey. Okay. Um, so it was a busy year last year, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, this year, of course, everything's been canceled. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was going to be in a benefit show at the Alexander Bonin Gallery mm-hmm. in April, but, of course, um, that got canceled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything's on hold pretty much. Right. You know, I think at this point I'm just trying to focus on making things. Yeah, I think that's your best your best bet, yeah. So, like, yeah, like I promised somebody before, i I got to clean my studio out and... And I'll, I'll get around to it. <laughs> I did a little. I, I love your, uh, I love your studio, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. It, it's I yeah. I saw some pictures when when you first built it. Ah, yes, thanks, thanks. I now it's now I need to clear out some of the clutter and make it like a workable space. You know, I don't know. I'm gonna have to let go of some of my, some of my uh, clutter. I'm kind of a pack rat, as you may know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm the same way. You know. <laughs> Listen, what did I not ask you about that we should, uh, you know? I don't know. I think we, we've covered a lot of stuff here. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me. Sure, well, thanks for inviting me. No, no, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't not invite you. This is a, this is a great opportunity to, you know, 
Well, hopefully you can edit this and make me sound interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make you sound a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) And what I do with all these is I I had to do it with Riches because the program was like, uh, he's like, no, we're not going to make a file with that because that's too, basically it's too long, you know. How is Rich doing, by the way? He's doing good. Yeah, yeah, he's doing good. He's, um... He's he's got his little studio uh, setup going on. I think he was sitting in there when I when I talked to him. His is going to come out Friday. He texted me later and he said he had blue paint on his face throughout the whole conversation, which was. Well, I, I've been following his his stuff on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been very. That's one thing I want. I've been very active on Instagram. Yes, you have. Yeah, I'm yeah. Trying to post things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, what I like about the Instagram is it's. Um, I don't see it as a formal, like I don't, most of what I post is not finished. It's just mm-hmm. sort of sketches yeah. and things that are in progress. And um, that's been exciting. I, mm-hmm. I like that. The fact that I'm not trying to post, you know, finished works that are for sale or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, there's a freedom and it's only pictures. It's not, well, I guess I try, I get kind of political, but it's not a forum for people to write long opinions yeah i you know. i just use it for to look at art and other people's art and to post art mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. yeah beautiful yeah so you're seeing rich has got some good stuff going on and then i you know and then my website uh is more like finished work oh yeah know? yeah yeah i'm gonna share that i'm gonna share that link in the show oh, notes cool. and on the website yeah yeah and you know uh call me back if you think of something that might need to be included and uh And I will uh, talk to you soon, sir. Okay. (laughs) Give my best. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for talking. Okay. Talk to you soon. (laughs) See you later. Bye. 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 There you have it. Chris is making the most of these uncertain times out in the Catskills, creating with his wife Julie. I would expect no less from the two of them. I look forward to checking back in with him soon. Thanks, Chris. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Limited Perspective. My name is Larry Fort, and I'll see you next time.